it's so good to be here with you guys this morning. And uh, oh, I really enjoyed those songs. It's uh, sometimes it's early on Sunday mornings. I don't know if I can say that, but I did. Uh, and it, like it's exciting. It's it's peppy to have like good, encouraging songs to remind us why we're here, why we're working. And yes, Bo, you were right. That second song does fit with my sermon, which is astonishing because I was like, "There's no way he's going to find a song that fits with my sermon." So I'm impressed. All right, so I want to begin my sermon telling you about this time that I went to this place where I got some really good food. So uh, a couple months ago, we went to uh, a gospel meeting up in Conway to hear uh, the Kerchivals preach. They, it was like a, both Brett and Barry were there. It was a good gospel meeting. I really enjoyed being there. And so one of the nights that we went, uh, we decided, hey, we're going to go to there's this all-you-can-eat like sushi place. And so I was really excited because I like sushi, and they have other stuff, but the sushi was like what I was concerned about, you know. So I went, and I ate, I'm telling you, like way more sushi than anyone has any business eating. And then afterwards, since we were in Conway, I was like, well, we might as well go to Krispy Kreme. And they, they had hot now donuts, and we're like, well, we might as well get some. So, so we did, and I was, I mean, like so, so full. Uh, and I, I've, I've done this a few times, like when we go to Chewy's, you know, like they got those, those chips and then you, you bring out like the chimichanga and you're like, oh, it's huge. And then you feel like you got to eat it and you do and then you feel bad afterwards. So I say all that to say, listen, I have experience talking about what I want to talk about this morning and that is gluttony. So gluttony is not something we talk about a lot. And I think that there are two reasons for that. The first is that we live in a society of overindulgence where eating a lot, spending a lot, doing a lot of things to just fill yourself more than you need is that's kind of how we do in the Western world. And so it's hard to call someone out for that in the same way that like pride and anger or things are like, oh, you know, it's just kind of an, an innocent sort of saying. But no, like we need to be, to think about it seriously. And I think we skirt around it more than we should. The second reason I think that we don't talk about gluttony very often is a much better reason. And that is, gluttony is very difficult to define precisely. In, in kind of in the same way that drunkenness is difficult to, to define precisely. The US government tells us that you're drunk at 0.08 BAC, and, but the Bible doesn't have a standard. And some people say drunkenness is one sip, and some people say you know, you're passed out drunk, that's, that's too much, you're, you're drunk at that point. But the Bible doesn't give us a clear line to say, you're, you're not drunk, and now you're drunk. And uh, with wine, it's kind of easy, because you just don't drink, and you avoid the problem altogether. But with food, it's a little bit more difficult, because we have to eat. It's, it's, it's kind of a necessity. And so the question of how much food is too much food is very difficult to define precisely. And so this morning, I'm not going to try and give you a specific, you know, here, you know once you've had three cookies, that's too many. You're going to hell now. No, like, wait, but what I am going to do is do the best I can to talk about the dangers of gluttony, the warning signs of gluttony, and how to recognize it, and some warning signs to watch out for as you are approaching food. So first, I want to say that gluttony seems so innocuous. I've, I've entitled my sermon, More Than Another Piece of Pie, because it just it seems so innocent that you just, you just get another plate, you just get you know, a few more chips, a few more baked beans. But no, the, warning, the gluttony is indicative of a much larger problem, the problem that you are losing control. And if you will, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to get 
a metaphor here that is based in gluttony. Uh, in Philippians chapter 3, Philippians 3, I don't know if I said 4 earlier, but we're in 3. Philippians 3, uh, Paul says, beginning in chapter, or in chapter 3, verse 17, he says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you are, and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, he's got a lot more that he's, he's talking about. He's talking about a heavenly focus versus an earthly focus, and we'll get more into that in the second point. But I just want to point your, your, uh, you to verse 19. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly. Here, like I said, he uses a gluttony metaphor. The idea that in the same way that, you know, you can walk through a buffet and be like, you know what, I want steak, I want corn, I want this. And you, you want it, you have it. Uh, in the same way, people live their lives like that uh, in a spiritual sense. That whatever they want, they just go for it. But... It's a, it's a transition at some point between I am going to get what I want and what I want is controlling me. He says their God is their belly. What they worship, what they serve is their appetite, their cravings, and their desires for food, for sex, for dr um, drugs, for the internet even. These things are a symptom of a much larger problem, that you are losing control, that you don't have the self-control you need, and that is going to cause problems for you. Paul says something very similar in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, this time chapter 6, 1 Corinthians 6. He says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. So he's saying, uh, these, there are some Corinthian slogans. They say, all things are lawful. And he says, yeah, well, that might be true. But even if all things are lawful, not all things are helpful. And you need to be wary about the things that you choose. Yes, maybe your body is meant for food and the food is meant for the body, just like the, God made our body to do a lot of things. But he says, I'm not going to be dominated by anything. There's a difference from allowing yourself to eat as God designed your body to do and letting food have a power over you that controls you that you become out of control. And as I said, and as we will see as we now turn to the book of Proverbs, often it can begin with food, but it doesn't end there. In Proverbs chapter 23, Proverbs 23, in Proverbs 23, we'll begin in verse 19. The advice here, he says, Hear, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags. He says, the glutton and the drunkard will come to poverty. 
This idea is that if you can't stop yourself from seeking pleasure in food, and you can't stop yourself from seeking pleasure in alcohol, you're not going to be able to stop yourself from seeking pleasure in money either. And you are going to run out of money because you can't satisfy your cravings. Because you are out of control and you're going to keep spending and spending. And that's not how this is supposed to work. We serve God. And we can't serve two masters. We have to serve God. And so if we aren't in control of ourselves, if we are letting our desires for earthly things, like I said, that can be food. It can be things as innocuous as you know social media. We need to be aware that losing control in one area is symptomatic of other areas and that we're supposed to be people who are filled with the spirit and one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control and if we don't have self-control we need to be honest with ourselves and realize that we need more spirit in our lives to get control of ourselves because bad things happen when we can't control ourselves so gluttony is a problem because if you are being gluttonous, you are losing control, you're out of control, you can't say no, and that will create serious problems for you in life. So, gluttony is a problem because you're out of control, but here's another problem, and you'll see it's very closely related. Gluttony is a problem because it's a misunderstanding of the purpose of food. So, here in this text that we just read, he talks about uh, that these people who, who can't say no to food or to drink or to money, they're trying to get something out of it and they're using it until they're going, until they're abusing it. And the reason is because they're not satisfied at all. If we'll turn over just a few pages, this time to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 6, verse 7. He says, All the toil of a man is for his mouth yet his appetite is not satisfied. Here again, we see the same outpouring of what we just talked about, that here is the problem with man, that many times he works all his life to get food, is again, the metaphor here, but satisfaction. We're trying to get something out of this life. He says, if you're working to get things to consume, you're never going to be happy, because that's not the point of the thing. Let's talk about food. Food as as far as I'm concerned, two, maybe three purposes. First of all, we die if we don't eat food. We need food for fuel. And so if we are going to eat food, then we should be eating food maybe so that we have enough calories to get through the day. Food also has other purposes. Food is really good. And you might say, Brent, that's, that's not a purpose. But I want you to think about this, okay? God created us with desires. And one of those desires is for food. And God could have said, you know what, you're, you're like a sloth. You only have to eat once a week. Uh, but he didn't do that. God gave us hunger that we need to eat two, three times a day. And God could have just given us this like tasteless sludge, but he didn't do that. He gave us like really good food. And there are lots of places in the Bible that talk about enjoying the blessings of God. And so I think what we need to understand is that As we talked about earlier, there's this dynamic of gluttony as your body is in control, your desires are in control, and the ultimate ultimate good is pleasure. And God says, no, 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 That's, that's not how it works. The ultimate good is your relationship with me. And when you eat food that I provide, you know, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, that when you eat food, you are reminded that you are reliant on me. 
and it brings you closer because you need something, and I, your God, who loves you, I'm going to give that thing to you. God gives us our daily bread. It brings us closer to God. In the same way, God gives us really abundant blessings, which as well can bring us closer to God. When he gives us really, really good food, we can pray and be so thankful for God and for you know, not just giving us what we need, but like so much more because that's what God is. God blesses us more than we need. And so food is the thing that can bring us closer to God. Food can also bring us closer together. Uh, we have a sacred communion, but also you know, we can get together and go to tacos for life and we can get closer together. And food can also be used as a tool for that as well. But food, in each of these cases, is a tool to have energy, a tool to get closer to God, a tool to get closer together. But that's not what the purpose here is that this guy is using it for in Ecclesiastes. The toil of man is for his mouth, but his appetite is not satisfied. He's hungering for something that food can't fulfill. Because food can't make you happy. Only God can do that. And if food is bringing you closer to God, then food is doing what it's intended to do. But if you're trying to use food to do something else, that's not going to work. If we flip over again now to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, we're told in chapter 10, verse 17, Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobility, and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. There's two types of people who eat. People who eat because they see it as a tool. People who eat who are mindful of the way they eat and people who are just looking to get pleasure out of it. And so I think we need to ask ourselves, why am I eating this taco? Why am I going back for seconds? Why am I doing this? Am I, am I using food the way it's intended to be used, or am I using food to just seek this pleasure? And if we don't have a good answer, we might need to ask ourselves quite seriously whether we should go and do that thing that we're about to do, to go get a second plate or to get another piece of pie. Is that really what food is supposed to be doing, or are we just trying to satisfy our appetite? So, food. It, and if we lose control, if we become gluttonous, then it can, it can pull us and we lose control of our lives. We can also, it shows a misunderstanding of the purpose of food. Instead of bringing us closer to God, it's just driving us deeper into this pursuit of pleasure that's never going to satisfy. But both of these are very personal reasons why gluttony is a problem. I want to show you that there's another reason why gluttony is a problem, and that is it's not just, it doesn't just affect me, it also affects my community. That food, eating too much, is wasteful and self-indulgent. If you will turn with me to the book of James, and while we're turning to James chapter 5, I'm going to put up another verse on the board. This is from uh, the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 16. It says, Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She ate, so she and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. You know, we think of Sodom and we think, what's, what's their sin? It's homosexuality. It's sodomy. And of course, that was a, like a, a big problem. There's a lot of problems there. But the problem ultimately in Sodom is that they didn't know how to say no. And that happened for them sexually. That happened for them with food. And that proves, again, our first point here. But he says, the problem with you is that you had all these things. You had all the things that you wanted, but you did not aid the poor and needy. That when we are overindulging in ourselves and ignoring other people, that's not how God intended it to be. If we're in James chapter 5 now, 
James chapter 5, we'll read the first six verses. It says, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are mothy, and your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you have kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived in earth, the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. That here there's a lot of things going on. Ultimately, exploitation uh, seems to be the sin that he's levying against them. However, we also see in here the idea that this person is living sumptuously, living lavishly, while there are laborers in his field, in his, the people he's supposed to be taking care of. And they are, he's holding back their money. They don't have what they need. And we need to recognize that if we are living a life of just whatever we want to have and ignoring other people, that's a problem. Think about the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man, he ate sumptuous meals every day while Lazarus was out having his sores licked by dogs and just wishing to eat the crumbs that fell from his table. We see this problem that being gluttonous, having too much is an economic problem as much as it is a self-control problem because we're ignoring the poor and needy. Now, more than any of my other three points, uh, any of the points, this is really difficult to define precisely. I warned you at the beginning, it's difficult to know where the line of gluttony is. This one, I think, more than anything, it's really hard to see precisely. Because here's the thing. Again, we know we need food. And we also know that it's not wrong to enjoy food. Uh, we see that God commands three feasts a year in the Old Testament where they would get together and they would have you know, more food than normal and they would rejoice and they would be excited by all the things that God gave them. It's not wrong to enjoy our food, to enjoy the, the fruit of our labor. And again, you, know, you can go to the Old Testament, look at the feast that they had, and there's in Deuteronomy chapter 14, it talks about, look, if you can't go there, then take, uh, take your tithe, sell it, and buy whatever pleases you, and then eat it, and enjoy it, and praise the Lord. Like, food, and money, and all of these things, part of their purpose is for us to enjoy them. Like, God gives them to us as part of that. But also we understand that at some point, we're enjoying it too much. We're enjoying it to the detriment of our other responsibilities, which are to serve people. Again, not a sin to, en to enjoy food, not a sin to feast every now and again, not a sin to be rich. I mean, God gave Abraham, Nehemiah, Job, great riches. But we also see with each of those people, Abraham took care of like a whole army of people in his household. Nehemiah provided for the government and all of their food from his own expenses. And Job talks explicitly in Job 31 about how he's always taking care of the poor and the needy and how he was a, a father to the fatherless. Job took the, the blessings that God gave him and he cared for other people with them. And so, like I said, I, I can't give you a hard line on this. I can't say, you know, eating out this many times is, is excessive. I can't say, you know, but what I can say is just this line exists. It's, it's clear that it does. And so I think we need to be mindful. I think we need to be asking ourselves, am I being wasteful? Could, uh, in, in kind of a, a funny thing, that, that this question on, on the lips of Judas Iscariot, 
Could this not have been sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Although a terrible question in, the, in that context is an excellent question for us. Is this meal that I'm about to have, is this self-indulgent thing that I'm about to do, it, am I going to remember this in five years? And what about the person down the street who I, you know, they said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit strapped for cash. Can you, can you help me, you know, pay my electrical bill? And you say, no, no, you know what? I'm saving up to go to Disney World. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying it's wrong for us to go to Disney World. I'm not saying it's wrong for us to enjoy life. But I'm saying we need to ask ourselves the question, am I being too self-indulgent? And I think that's a question that it's going to come down to your conscience. It's going to come down to you really having a heart-to-heart with yourself and investigating the scriptures and, and asking yourselves the big questions about your heart about selfishness, about the way that God has blessed you and why God has blessed you. And so, as we uh, kind of conclude here, let's remind ourselves where we've come. So gluttony, again, it seems like such an innocuous kind of sin. You know, it's, it's, it's just another piece of pie. It's just another couple bites. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But as we've, as we've noted, gluttony is, is a loss of control. And although eating another piece of pie, which you knew that you should say no to, and uh, having sex with your neighbor's wife, who you knew you should say no to, have dramatically different effects on your life. Ultimately, they come from the same problem, which is you not being able to say no when you know you should be able to. Losing control in gluttony is a problem, and it has much bigger ramifications than it can seem in the moment, as do most sins. It's also a misunderstanding of food. God gave us food to bring us closer to him, to allow us to enjoy each other's company, and to remind us how much we need him. And if our food isn't doing that, then we need to take stock of of why we're eating and what we're doing while we eat, and maybe recommit to this idea that as we pray before a meal, like it's very serious that God is blessing us and that this food should bring us closer to God. And finally, we need to recognize that eating too much or enjoying anything too much can be wasteful and self-indulgent. And we need to recognize that each time that we choose to indulge ourselves, there's an opportunity cost with that. And again, I'm not saying that you can't ever enjoy things. In fact, God wants us to enjoy his blessings. But we need to be mindful of, of what we're doing and why we are doing the things that we are doing. It, uh, it seems that I have concluded far too early, but I think that's okay. You guys enjoy your time. Consider what I've had to say, and I hope that you enjoy the class. Thank you so much for your kind attention. We'll now be dismissed.